0: Thank you. Hello, everybody. I am Jay Sabella Smith and welcome to our 31st photo book, book group. Um, if you're new, we're really glad you're here. And um, I'm going to introduce Deb Henley, who is my media coordinator and will uh, coordinate our chat room. And Matilda Viscaldi also works with me and made this beautiful PDF, which we'll go through as we as we talk. I am so pleased to be here to share this time with Sig Harvey and to talk about creative practice and bookmaking. In essence, creative practice is actually my medium. That's what all my work is about. Um, If you are new to the photo book book group, I would encourage you to jump over to my new website next week it's launching and is interactive but that's where you'll find a lot of resources on contemporary photography you'll find archived the past um photo book book groups of the last year and a half um if you want to learn more about my concept aware curriculum i will be giving a two-part webinar hosted by bnh and Mule next week next thursday evening and the following Thursday. So um, I'm excited to uh, unpack that. And India Beal, one of my past guests on the photo book book group, she's a photographer and professor. If you don't know her work, look her up. Um, But she taught me something, which is to start our sessions with an ask. And she uh, commented and stopped our session to say, everyone pick up your phone. And if you're not following each other and those people that amplify contemporary photography do it now. So you can support those of us that amplify contemporary photography by connecting on social media, by getting our newsletters, by being a member in nonprofits and museums that support the vital. Global community, you are not bound by geography. You can, you could, for one hundred and fifty dollars, belong to three nonprofits in the United States across the country, and that would be invaluable to them. So uh, that's my ask. And so we're going to jump in, and I don't do a lengthy. Um, Intro, Uh, a lot of you are here because you know Sig's work and certainly uh, being Blue Violet is her fourth monograph. There is a lot of work out there for you to see. So I just wanna frame Sig um, from my perspective after spending days uh, with the work on purpose. I've known the work as it's come out. I've actually known Sig for quite a while, worked with her on set, like a million years ago (laughs) and that's so wild. So it's been really, really my pleasure. So this is my introduction and then we're going to open it up. Well, Sig and I will have a conversation with some pointed questions and then we'll open it up to the audience. And because of teaching schedules, we're going to stop at 1.25, which is going to be really challenging because I have a feeling I could be here all afternoon. So I'm going to introduce SIG Sig has gained global recognition, especially over the past dozen years in response to her clarion call, which is observe, engage, see, feel, all of it. Name it, claim it, release it, be grateful. Find forgiveness for yourself and for every other soul living in a human body. Sig told you two books ago when she said, and I quote, Now, dissect our bodies, pull out our hearts, shit, eyes, and see. Each one of us is each other. We are orchestras. We are bombs. She reveals the real and the unreal. They're all here for our engagement. Lessons abound. And any veil between this world and any other is soft, fluid, and moving. Seeing through Scout, Sig's daughter's eyes, we are all invited to accompany the reverie the trail of unencumbered imagination, led by the light of wonder. So many poems come to mind when I read your poetic prose, Sig. Mary Oliver's Wild Geese, for starters. But for one of them, with a very special personal history for me, kept reverberating. It's a snippet of William Blake's Auguries of Innocence, which I believe you activate and it goes, to see the world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. After days swimming in the colors, images, and texts of all your books, it became evident, this is what you do. You invite us to embrace paradox. You instruct us how to hold paradox. It's been my pleasure to witness the unfurling of your creative exploration as you dive deeply into the nature of form and narrative in image and text. I'm not surprised your work is celebrated in several countries. Your language is universal. I encounter it as a benediction a devout invocation of blessedness, the sacred and the profane, ingest it, digest it, compost and wait. Your fourth monograph now in its second printing, Blue Violet, has been described as ravishing, voluptuous, dreamy, a fierce reminder of joy, a ballast offering hope in a tumultuous time. I was unexpectedly surprised and delighted to learn so much. Blue Violet is a field guide. It's a reassurance. It's a teaching tool for foraging. You show us we have all we need. It surrounds us if we observe, are reverent, and engage in stewardship of our individual selves, our collective selves, and the earth we live upon you told us this too when you wrote and i quote we are only this moment the length of a photograph welcome sig sig i'm so
1: excited to spend this time so welcome oh thank you i mean what an extraordinary introduction Sig. i mean i don't think there's ever been a nicer one i really deeply appreciate the, um, the depth of which you've sort of absorbed my work and it's such an honor to be here and um, thank you Deb and Matilda too. These things take a lot to put together and I love that it's free and open and um, I'm just really grateful to be here and I'm a wide open book and to share with all of you. Thank you for giving this time, a, you know, midday on a Thursday where we're all not sure how Zoom feels anymore. Do we like it? I think we do still but, you know, it's this, as you were saying, mm-hmm. this sort of hybrid time and um, so I'm deeply grateful to be here and you know, I'm really looking forward to this forum. So thank you to everyone. And to you, especially, Sib, we've known each other over 20 years, I think, or nearly 20 years. And yeah, it's it's great to be here and to watch how, you know, how you are, um, you know, exploding into the the, the, and helping so many people sort of see their own potential. So thank you.
0: Sure. I mean, it's really fun. We both taught at the same time at main media and didn't get to hang out actually, but we are both, inspired by the creative process and really uh, love to walk people through it. So I think there's a lot of synergy in the way that we kind of see the world. And frankly, after really sitting with all the work, especially Blue Violet, the amount of associations I have, I hope we get to touch on them, it was kind of uncanny. But I have to start because I mean, we will just flow as it is unscripted. But I mean, if we don't start talking about color, why aren't we here? Like, or why are we here? Because when did you become so intimate with color? Has this been an
1: always thing or a discovery? No, it's been an always thing. And I think, Mm. um, you know, I, I really do believe that we are the way we are from a really young age. And it's just a matter of sort of recognizing that and acknowledging that and sort of leaning into that. And um, I've always been obsessed with color, but it's only sort of, I guess in the last 10 years where I've really sort of just not, not taken something that's just inherent for granted, like really sort of leaning into it more, unpacking it more, wanting to dissect, well, what is it about um, how I feel about color? I mean, I was just sort of taking it for granted that I would have to, Uh, wear a certain color when I wrote or paint my room this color in order to feel creative and and then uh, you know I just think perhaps that's not normal my husband was like why is it why are you doing this (laughs) so you know and it was just something I just did and so um, but now really sort of looking at it and also taking it really seriously like you know this Mm -hmm. idea I think sometimes this idea that color can be seen as just decorative, or this that just something, just mm-hmm. frivolous, and I just dis- i just disagree with that. That I think there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, that people are drawn to both nature and color in times of great adversity. Um, Derek Jarman, I, you know, in the intro, didu- in the introduction to Blue Violet, wrote about his obsession with color when he was dying with AIDS. Mm-hmm. Joseph Albers wrote. Uh, interaction of color is his last treaty in his late 70s i mean it's serious work and, and, mm-hmm. and you know it, it's really now that i'm sort of taking on and want to sort of explore that further both academically um, and also viscerally
0: mm-hmm. and I was thinking we'd just uh touch base over um I'm just pulling it up the um book that I mentioned, which was really introducing and pushing me into color in a very different way. We'll put it in the resource list. It's called um, Joyful. The book is called Joyful. Online, it's um, Aesthetics of Joy, and it's Ingrid Lee. And she was a graphic designer who, when her work was being critiqued in her master's, she felt that it was actually um, being judged for the amount of color as if color wasn't sophisticated or wasn't to be taken seriously. And she went on a 10-year like research into the aesthetics of joy and to find out so much about our, um, our connection to it. Um, and it isn't superficial. I and mean, I just wanted to underscore what you just said uh, offhandedly, which is to not take what is inherent for granted. Mm. That is so important and certainly something I echo with people I'm working with all the time because we do. And then we turn around and say, well, don't you see that? And it's like, no, actually, we don't all see the same thing. And what comes naturally really needs to be pulled out and elevated But one of the things that astounds me is I really feel your books have been um, a conversation, we're in on your conversation with your work. And it's like tangible, Uh, your life comes into it, and your, um, your level of understanding evolves, and, and we're riding shotgun. So I'm, I'm curious if do images come or do do concepts come? Like chicken in the egg,
1: is there a flow to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, so for a number of years, when I was, um, you know, late, late 90s, early, early noughts, um, you know, I was Mm -hmm. working very, I was working, making work about the past. So in order to sort of get access to how to make the past visual, because it's gone, it's not there, it's not in the present, I would brainstorm and mind map and, and uh, find, think about metaphor and symbol and light and anything I could as a way to sort of tell the story. So that work was more sort of constructed because it was about the past, right? I was telling sort of Um, stories about times when I felt vulnerable, about relationships. I mean, not so different than what I'm doing now. You know, I think with all of us here, I think most people in this Zoom today are they're photographers, they're image makers or they're creatives, you know? And we change much less than we think, you know? And, and that idea of, you know, my obsession with color, what I had as a young age, I would say, put it to all of you out there. Like, what is your obsession? What sets you apart or, you know, nudges you to a slightly different place? And, and to harness that because that's the source of your, your work. Um, You know, so I would work in these constructed ways Um, and then uh, slowly as the work started to be more about the present, I began to sort of just going out there with my camera and allowing the sort of camera like a Ouija board to lead the way and tell me what, you know, what was going on. So it's sort of working in both of these, um, you know, different formats. constructing but also finding photographs. And I feel if I feel like if I only construct, my world gets smaller. But if I go out there and also like this morning, you know, had my camera on the way to dropping scout school, came back, saw something, had, you know, and made a note. It almost served as this sort of note to, to um to go back to later, or a notation of what, you know, I found sort of extraordinary. And there's mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to say just um about this idea of of color and uh, what you were saying about the the joy book this idea of you know in academia or something that that's not enough and I was sort of challenged like we've been challenging a lot in the last two years well who made those rules where did it come from and I think it's this idea you know it comes from this sort of deep um, systemic patriarchy like what the rules are you know and and I think Mm -hmm. we're in this beautiful stage right now in our um, in our lives, where we're questioning, well, why do I believe that? Hold on a minute. And I, you know, so it's been a really sort of joyful time to sort of look at those ideas um, and challenge them.
0: Mm-hmm. You're reminding me, um, I went to uh, FIT uh, when I was studying clothing design, and we had to actually do an entire collection based on colors we disliked, and we all knew what they were immediately. And for me, I don't like yellow, straight yellow, I don't like any straight colors necessarily and turquoise mm -mm, did a whole (laughs) thing with these colors. Like I had to find the fabric, I had to draw these ideas and it changed my my perception of them. I was like, okay, I get it. And and it is. It's interesting and you're all this happened to me during um my reading of blue violet. You threw me back like honestly, I can give you now my perfume history, which made me laugh out loud because I went <laughs> back to high school and and literally I know some by decades because you made me think of that, but you also just made me think and I hadn't literally probably for a long long time. As a kid, when you're like reach back, I begged to um, wallpaper my room in one inch, and it was very specific gingham, purple and white. And I searched for it. My mother was like ready to like you know send me away, and I never found it. But that's what I wanted, right? And I love a square photograph, and I just think it's so funny. I
1: hadn't thought of that for a very long time. I want to. Um, Oh, go ahead. You get to realize that dream. You can do it. I mean, that's the thing. You're not so different now. Right. So anyway, right. I just, I just sort of want to encourage everyone to, to really figure out, well, what are you obsessed with? What were you obsessed with in your twenties? It's there in you now, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I think so. I'm going to show, um, oh, I thought we did single vision, but I think we'll be okay if it comes up double, I hope. Um, So what I wanted to do with with the background is just talk a little bit. I I pulled from a few of your um, former books. And I actually pulled things because I was really curious about the building and the conversation that you've had, both with who you work with. And one of the things I noticed on the, like the first image, I didn't know if you knew the person, if that was someone in your life. Um, and there's an uncanny sense of how you work with shadow and light and a sense of connection. Uh, there's, there's, it's like, you have to look in all your corners because there might be a sense of reflection or connection, almost like a hand is coming through the fourth wall in theater, right? Coming through the image. Um, so you are able to reflect a bigger world. Um, so can you tell us about, about these two?
1: Yeah, so the the image on the left, her name is Monica. I didn't know her before I made this picture. Um, I knew of this house that I had heard had um just really interesting wallpapers and, um, and, and, and sort of fabrics and, you know, very old house. Um, I'd heard about it for a couple of years. And so I just knocked on the door one day and, um, went in and, and they invited me in and so began a friendship. So that's, I mean, that's what I want to say also about how extraordinary photography is because, you know, without the camera, I don't think they would have let me in, you know, it sort of legitimized me. Can I come and stare at all your beautiful fabrics and your beautiful objects? You know, um, the answer would be no. But because, you know, coming in with a camera and saying, you know, I want to make some pictures, these cameras give us licenses into mm-hmm. access into people's lives that I feel is extraordinary. And that's why one can never be done with any project because there's so much more to do right there's so much more sort of um connecting to do so monica on the left and her husband jonathan and i photographed them probably over a week um and she was much shyer than he was um but she had such an extraordinary uh soul and the way she had put a house together over years and years of collecting old fabric and it was just sort of this gorgeous experience um Mm -hmm. and so you know I love that I didn't know her it was the act of making pictures that connected me with her Mm -hmm. Um, the image on the right is my daughter Scout Um, and you know I what I'm why I, I love that you put them together I love the sort of her her the fabric of her um shirt and how it's sort of mir- mimicked in and mm. mirrored in the sparkles of light that's a really beautiful um, sequence thank you sib um, and you know and it's these things coming back to sequencing and how images refer to each other subconsciously and also consciously and um, I just noted that the Jeanette bank the designer of blue violet is actually on this zoom so maybe we can oh, get goodness. her to, to jump in at some point to talk about um how uh, how you know the layout of the book because Mm-hmm. sequencing editing is such a huge part uh aside from the actual sort of picture making and writing absolutely. Um,
0: absolutely welcome Jeanette I'm so excited actually I put two images together specifically because I wanted to talk about your sequencing because I found that really really interesting mm-hmm. um, so I also just pulled out some quotes that makes me feel like we missed one no um I loved that Vicki Goldberg referenced this poem in your book it's not the moon I tell you it's the flowers lighting up the yard
1: you know that's so interesting because I had forgotten about this quote from um the I think this was in gardening at night essay yes yeah but I'd forgotten about it until this very moment and um you know my work i'm making right now i don't know if anyone follows me on instagram but it's doing a lot of work at night and i just uh posted something last week about how the um the the white flowers in the garden are like flashlights and obviously that must be you know an internal response to this louise gluck poem that i had you know just was you know deep in my subconscious oh
0: and it's so funny I, i i will hopefully get to tell you most of my associations, but um, I hadn't thought about night blooming jasmine in a long time. And this was way back when I was uh, going to California with a friend on her way to graduate school. And we we stayed over at her grandmother's in LA. And we got into the bedroom, and it smelled divine. And she had just picked flowers from the backyard. And it was all the night blooming jasmine. And I will never forget it decades ago. Um, this image with the car is a is an example of how i feel you bring in layers of the world right it's just a hint right you know and um i think you frankly sequence within the shot like a layering of different worlds i think that's part of of the success um for these um i just I just look at both of these images and I had to pull them because I'm like, okay, I don't know how you did this. And I don't know why you did this. Like, especially, you know, with the mask, I thought that was fascinating. And then the other, I'm like, wait, what? So just anything you want to tell us about these, they were really uh, stuck in my mind.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So uh, the image on the left, I made in actually in St. Petersburg, Russia, a lot of, um, a lot of I was teaching for Nord photography. um and a lot of the the work that I um, make is made in Maine. I sort of pride myself of being a mainer and 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 working within, you know a couple of miles from my house. I sort of challenge my students like this idea that what it would it be like if we could live with our senses wide open every day, live with our senses wide open in the very place that we live in, as opposed to when we travel, where, you know, some things that are foreign that then are, we, so our senses become more heightened because it's strange or new. Um, So I love this idea of being sort of very main based that geography and being from somewhere is an important part of my work. Um, However, you know, every March, April, May in and early May in Maine is sort of this, uh, it's a kind of a brutal time. um, If you love color, like I do. And uh, so I'll often sort of, you know, escape travel a little bit, go away for a week or two during that time. And so I made this in uh, March in St. Petersburg. Um, and, you know, it was just a gift from the photo gods. Um, and, it, you know, this that we were feed out in a park, feeding feeding the birds. There's actually seed in his hand. And, mm. you know, I didn't realize, normally I know when I've made a picture that has some resonance, like I actually have this sort of visit visceral kind of zinging mm-hmm. that goes through me and when I come to look mm-hmm. at the film afterwards I was like I knew it was that one you know something mm-hmm. happened chemically in my body um, mm-hmm. but with this photograph I didn't know that because again the camera sees things like our eyes don't right and I love mm-hmm. that about photography and while why I will always love this medium is that it teaches me so much A, Mm -hmm. it gives me access to places I'm just talking about with Monica and John, Jonathan, but also, you know, the way the camera sees the world, I think is so poetic. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, my eyes couldn't register. Uh, this. And I, you know, just feel eternally grateful for that. The image on the right is my mother. And she's always uh, been, you know, a great champion of my work and, um, and always fun. We always make pictures together when we when we when we get together. I haven't seen her in almost two years now, but a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. But we always make pictures together. And I love that she's always up for anything, you know. <laughs>
0: she's how, did this, all how did
1: this one come together? just you know sort of playing playing yeah exactly like so much can come from playing that sense of play is so important to you know creatives and artists if you if you know already what you're going to do then it's typically not that interesting it's whether we call it being creative is just another word for for playing in many ways isn't it
0: you know Mm -hmm. it's essential oh I love that this was the pair that is sequenced and I guess I don't know which one it's in um, off the top of my head. Um, I loved this sequence and that was purposeful. And so I don't know if um, we want to open it up to Jeanette to unmute. We're going to go into images on blue Violet specifically soon. But if we're talking about editing and sequencing, I I don't know. For me, when I'm working with people, it's a collaborative effort. And I will put in my two cents, and we will work with things. But there's almost images you'll fight for, and that you really want in the mix, and then how images change when they're juxtaposed. So anything that either of you want to talk to us about in reference to the, the actual choice, and then the putting together?
1: I don't know if Jeanette's here. This is an earlier book. This isn't mm-hmm. from Blue Violet. Um, this is from Gardening at Night. Um, this is my, my uh, husband's grandmother, who's since passed, uh, mm-hmm. who swam every day until she was a hundred, um, and then obviously scouts with uh, Mary's Bird. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I just loved this idea of what is all, you know, what is new and what is, you know, this sort of generational um experience putting together but also this idea of form and we talked; you touched on form earlier when you were talking about sh- shadow and light and i think mm-hmm. where books come in is really an opportunity to play with that form as well you know thinking about the eye of the cockatiel and the the eye of the clock the circles that are happening in these two mm-hmm. pictures um mm-hmm. you know i love all that stuff and sequencing mm-hmm. i mean if you if you go through a book and you flick through, it and you're like, oh, you know that that it's like a good album. It just feels right. But if you actually go through your favorite photo books and look at how they're sequenced, I mean, hours, days, weeks have gone into that that um, that discussion. And I think it's really it's such a beautiful thing to engage in. Um, and you don't realize when it, when it's done well that that how many hours have gone into it. Jeanette, are you still there? Or are you gone? Where are you?
2: Oh, I'm here. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hello. uh, Welcome. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Um, And I couldn't agree more with Sig. uh, You know, when you're sequencing photography books, um, you know, there's color that kind of blends atmosphere. And um, for me, it's always about geography, not geometry, like the circles. and. um, Mm hmm and a lot of times with the photographers I work with, they have already sequenced the book pretty much because that, it's their work. And what I bring to the table is just, you know, the positioning of the image on the page, um, the typography and scale and like, uh, so it, it's, it's very collaborative, but I always enjoy seeing the first pass from the photographers because they, I can kind of see where, where what where their mind is, and then I think about how, ways for me to like support that and enhance like that narrative. Um, but you know, just using color, visual geometry, and subject matter is a great way to kind of sequence. I recently worked on this. Book with um, Aperture, which has a lot of different photographers, and it was just like incredible to see how the photo editor um, um, would sequence it, and then I would, uh, then I in, in turn then I took it and and did the layout and the design um, with scale change and w- where the captions set, and it's it's. I love it. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if that answers that question, but (laughs) um, it's a, it's, I just love working with uh, a photographer with a point of view like Sig. Sig's like, it was amazing to see her first pass. um, Mm -hmm. She had done so much work and it was just so easy for me to like step in and use my, uh, you know, expertise on typography and design and layout to make her story. Like come to, to to amplify it so that it could, um, you know, so that it's it's presentable and in from a new perspective. And she was so open to my um, just you know subtle moves. But for some, it would be uh, for so for some people it would be uh, large. But um, if that makes any sense, so she's a great collaborator. Yeah, I
0: think it makes a lot of sense. We just had that experience with um, uh, designing a new website and I work with a lot of different people and I wanted my new website to be just a deep dive into all the different genres and to express the wide range. And so I made these collages, so to speak. um, And the designer, we kind of overlaid them in this collage sense in ways that, I found pleasing and she went right to the negative space and talked about the relationship in a way that I wouldn't have seen that, right? But a lot of other people would. So your piece brings in this other layer of scaffolding that we don't even realize, like you said, um, Sig, when you are listening to music and it just feels right. And that's because there's all these people that are really expert at that particular place to help it just shift and and then it sings it's really really interesting um I I just out of all these books I, this one just really stayed with me so much but let's move to um
1: I mean I think Jeanette's being a Ooh, little like... um she's being a little coy Mom. there I also feel like you know when I had designed you know when I laid out my first book which I always do and I printed it in blurb it came through the mailbox and I you know it was a thud it was not I mean book design is this whole beautiful gorgeous thing like I can write and I can make pictures but I'm not a book designer and I sort of encourage everyone to sort of try and find that collaboration I mean it was a complete joy to work with Jeanette um, and to hear her ideas um, it was, you know, and to just, I don't, you only know what you know, right? And there were lots yes. of things I don't know about book design. I'm just going to open my door. My dog is 13 and a half and she's got to the point where she's like, I ain't got no time. So she's always barking at me. So I'm going go to going. I'm just opening it. Right. That's fine. Okay, I'm just,
0: there you go. That's great. Um, this is a little of both books. So the book, the photograph with Mary is in, um, Gardening at Night?
1: No, that's in Orchestra Bomb. She was got. Um, oh, it is. She okay. was just being diagnosed as that book went to press. So mm-hmm. this was the very, you know, the the piece about You Look Yellow, Um, the writing yes. about her, that, um, you know, that she was diagnosed just as, you know, that was the very last piece of writing that went into Orchestra Bomb.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: And I really appreciate it.
0: Two things, Um, I too have held a hand of a friend through their death process. So I really resonated. Uh, Someone unexpectedly ill my age, kids same age. Um, So I I really felt your journey and I appreciate when you were talking about the color, uh, the color of yellow initially and what it was and wasn't. And then the way pink changed Uh, as you went through the process of of the flood of when she passed and then when you released her ashes and it was softer, similar to how you described the petals of flowers letting go of some of their color. Um, So it was so beautiful. So thank you for incorporating all that. And then this is the one of the quotes, one of the full bleeds from from Blue Violet about the black anemones, oh, I love anemones and this whole idea of that color and um, the idea that the secrets that lay within the color. So it makes me think of um, Synesthesia, which came up during my last photo book group with Stacey Mafar and she was trying to locate herself in a sense of dislocation and dropped her Hasselblad into the Australian flowers till everything blew out and it was just this color. And she actually felt the color made her photograph differently. And so um, now I have the correct definition of synesthesia. I was trying to like remember it in the last one, uh, when we were talking about it, but it's a perceptual phenomenon in which stimulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway leads to stimulating others, like seeing music as colors or taste as textures. Um, so I'm wondering if you have basically that DNA that you're thinking or your, your connectivity is such that you, you can... Know, f- fall in and out
1: yeah I think that um I mean Scout I think in I think it's a a, maybe 10 images in um there's a description of Scout's synesthesia and what she has yeah and that is and it's interesting to see if she grows out of it which can happen um Mm -hmm. I don't have it as strongly as she have it has it I think that that's something um that I I you know, I would I would love more. Um, exactly. you know, maybe I had it more as a child than um, but it's definitely something that I am interested in and have been working and have been drawn to in others' art and writing um for you know years and years.
0: Mm, yeah, no, it's really, really interesting. Someone I um I curated a show of a of a photographer whose wife wrote a children's book about it because children are meant not meant, they feel so odd when there is no frame for that when it's actually quite natural it's just Mm -hmm. what they see and it's similar to when you brought up the difference with super tasters um which I I happened to find out I am and it was when I had my kids at the science museum with a friend and this guy was handing out these litmus things and just said want to find out if you're a super taster and I honestly didn't know about this like 20 years ago. And I'm like, sure. And we both put the thing in our mouth and I choked and I literally wanted to scrape my tongue. And he was like, you're a super taster. And she didn't taste anything. It was the most amazing, you know, we have to really, um, honor our differences. Right. And again, honor what is unique to us. Um, so I get that.
1: I think that you know, there's this assumption that to be a super anything would be is wonderful, but I know people who are super tasters and they actually can only eat a very limited diet because it's so much, you know, mm. which I'm like, oh, mm, I'm so sad. I'm like happy for my my regular taste, you know, because I love all food. Um, but also smell, you know, if you're a super smeller, what that means. Mm. Um, like I've had people contact me on Instagram, um, you know, to say I'm a super smeller and it's I always sort of it as a curse because I'm constantly like gagging my way through life. I was like, Oh no, I never even thought of it that way. You know, Um, I do think I see colors more. I mean, I'll get into, you know, people say, Oh, that's not blue. That's something. I mean, I love those arguments of just, you know, how I I do think I can see, you know, have a way of seeing colors that are a wide range, (laughs) you know, but I'd love to see ultraviolet. That sounds like that would be incredible. Yes.
0: We actually argue about the color of a car in our family. Whether it's blue or green, depends on the person. Um, that is so funny. Let's see, why am I not going to the next? Um, so these are images from Blue Violet that um, again I pulled out quotes. Um, I love this image and was really struck by the not knowing of it uh, in terms of um, relationally. You know what part of whose body is next to what part of someone else's or their own i don't know but just the um the vulnerability the beauty it's unique um can you tell us about this image
1: yeah this is actually this image is actually from orchestra bomb um oh, and it's sorry. today I, it fine. I love seeing it. you know it's actually <laughs> changed much less than we think so while these books are sort of separated they're all connected you know in so mm-hmm. many ways um so this was the uh you know the day that um Haven was born. So it's so my friend in hospital I went to visit and this is a you know portrait I made of that first very first day. Mm, mm.
0: Wonderful. Baby hands. It's kind baby hands, of baby yeah. fingernails. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, And I loved the planting seeds, is like living with your fingers crossed. Um, I learned from Blue Violet because I actually planted from seed this year, which I've never done um, and was moderately successful. But I think that um, reading your guide in Blue Violet, I don't think I soaked my seedlings enough to um to thrive and i definitely it's all container garden i'm an urban gardener uh, didn't um didn't give them enough room but i love the the hope of this message
1: Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, in many ways, um, you know, people um, have asked me about sort of gardening and, you know, I'm a new gardener, too. This isn't something I mean, I'm using so often this blue violet, uh, you know, is pictures that a lot of the images are of flowers, but they're not really necessarily about flowers. I'm using flowers as this metaphor for, you know, the ephemeral nature of life and um, sort of holding on to, um, you know, there's something you know, I do believe that nature can um, repair and heal and foster conversation. And so, you know, um, I am learning too with uh, with gardening. And, you know, someone said, oh, can I come and see your garden this week? And, um, you know, my garden's a complete disaster. Like, I love gardening in um, in the spring. And mm. then by. July, August, I'm completely done with it. It's like overgrown, (laughs) wild, I'm not interested. I just want to go and have a good time and swim. Um, You know, so it's something about sort of really needing it um, and sort of nurturing it when it's not available to me outside. Like I Mm. never buy myself flowers in the summer, um, but in the winter I sort of crave having that color and those smells Mm. around and a reminder that, you know, things will change, that seasons will turn, that it won't always be winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me is really it's flowers are a cheaper way to sort of have that reminder, you know?
0: Yeah. The hope.
1: Yeah. And
0: what, when you say are the metaphor, um, if you were to say what these are metaphorically reaching for you, because they're in two very different spaces, the flowers we're looking at.
1: Well, when I was making the, the, The ones, um, you know, they're about abundance, right? And they're about Mm -hmm. living and dying. And so with, you know, Mary was in Dana-Farber and, um, you know, in a sealed unit, she had um, leukemia. And so she went in for two stints of six weeks at a time where, you know, you could go and visit her and this was pre-COVID. So I can't even imagine what it's like now, but, mm-hmm. um, but all the surfaces, um, you know, basically her senses were sort of being taken away from her. The food, which you think something so simple as food were, had to be microwaved and it came in sealed containers. There was no fresh fruit allowed, no delicious, all the things you sort of, we take for granted, I think, you know, it all had to sort of come from this one canteen downstairs, you know, like new, you know, it, like blasted until there was like no taste left. Um, and same with touch. I was like, let me bring you things, flowers, let me bring you like fabrics, you know, to like liven up this disgusting room. And um, not that it was disgusting, but you know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm, sterile. You know, and nothing mm-hmm. was allowed, right? So mm-hmm. I would send her these photographs and she, I wasn't going to send her something like that was black and white or that, you know, that felt in any way other than exuberant. So she's mm-hmm. like insane send me more, send me more. So that's how Blue Violet came about, um, was this sort of um, this exchange between Mary and I of me sending her photographs every day to as a gift of color and light.
0: Mm, Wow, that's incredible. I I, I didn't realize how integral. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, I was also thinking... Do you believe, or uh, I'm not sure, um, I almost wanted to just ask, do you think that that you are reflecting a woman's journey or that there's a particularly particular femininity to your vision?
1: You know, it's it's hard to say, you know, for yourself who you are. I think it is it's easier for someone else in many ways. I think mm-hmm. that, but yeah, absolutely being a woman, same as being, a friend, being a sister, being a mother, you know, being... Um, a daughter all of these different you know sort of facts about me influence um, my work and I do think I have um, and I talked about in the book how sometimes I get letters emails um, saying saying dear Mr Harvey and I actually like that I haven't put my she her pronouns after because I actually like this idea of um, you know s- someone sort of not knowing and that also sort of what their assumptions are around that because I think I can't possibly know, but I think, you know, I do think there is a, um, I think there is a bias and I think there is, uh, I, I think my work is feminine, um, but that's not to say that uh, I think that guys can't make feminine, feminine mm. work too. What are the attributes of being feminine? Is it sort of beauty? Is it color? Is it, who knows, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I do mm-hmm. think that that is a part of who I am. How could it not be, you know?
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yeah just uh, that came up for me I was also thinking um I am referencing back to garden gardening at night but you wrote something that I was curious you said it is like I went to the moon to read my book and I think that was about Iceland
1: yeah
0: and so what what did you mean and of course this photograph
1: Iceland Iceland yes (laughs) it's um you know i wonderful it is wonderful and and when i've I've been a couple of times to teach there and it's so foggy and it's it's like an extra it's a landscape i hadn't known before and Mm -hmm. it felt like i had gone you know to somewhere that just felt unknowable and I think um you know this blue thermal hole sort of feels like that too on the left you know that it mm. is mm. sort of an image that I made casually and then I came back to it and it just seemed to and the print itself is really cobalt um mm. and uh just of sort of what we don't know about the world you know we know more about you know, we know more about the moon and the galaxy than we do about soil and about our earth and about what's underneath our oceans. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's something sort of really sexy about stars and the galaxy yet, and and somehow it's not considered, you know, deep, you know, what, it, what we don't know about the earth yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually grew up next door to an Icelandic family. So I consider my second mom uh, is Icelandic. So I grew up with a lot of her nieces and nephews, and I turned 12 in Iceland. i literally when Keplavik was a dirt road to Reykjavik. So it's so foreign and I can remember being stuck. We would go out uh, with family and you would always bring dessert and lots of coffee and a cloud would come and you'd have to pull over and you would just be enveloped for like oh, totally. an hour. You couldn't move like, and you didn't, you just broke out the dessert. And we went to a crater that was bottomless and you're standing there on the sides, just try- it's like unfathomable and you're right. constantly like hit with it. So I was, I was curious about that. And I, I'm mindful of two things. One is um, I have like two more pages of questions, so I'm not going to get through them, but um, I want to let other people ask them. But I did want to bring up this idea. Vicki Goldberg also talked about darkness, keeping its appointments, which I loved. And I think one of your... Qualities is how you anthropomorphize emotion and experience. So, so some of those are this idea of like the smell of safety and pie. Or another time you wrote, My mind is hoarse. Mm -hmm. And of course, I love this. Go outside and cram a fistful of wildfires into your mouth. Very, very visceral, as you had said before, which you you allow us to do. Um, let me just look, there's so much. I'm gonna take a quick look and then I'm gonna open it up. I, oh, we, you did touch on this a little bit, but do you think photography allows you to play with the inexorability
1: of time? You know, I think that, I think that, um, I think that uh, time and uh, our currency is time. Right, We deal mm-hmm. with these tiny increments of time, 1 500th of a second, you know, Cartier-Bresson's entire life's work, as he said, these are his ideas, not mine, um, you know, was shot in like 5.3 seconds, you know, when you think about that and yet, you know, and going back to what you were just talking about, Sib, this idea of what is unknowable in the world and how that is such a, when, you know, in Iceland, I think when nature is such a force, we realize how small we are, you know, and how, you know, perhaps we should be better caretakers of this world, you know? And so I think that, um, you know, time and the way we use photography to these tiny increments of time to talk about existential time and why are we here? What's the point of being in this planet, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that is uh, something that I'm really, really drawn to. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of photographers are. I think inherently, many of us, photography inherently is romantic. It's about trying to hold on to something, about trying to prove that you are here. This is evidence. This is what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something inherently, I don't mean romantic like hallmark. I mean romantic like this idea of trying to hold on to time
2: or mm-hmm. document
1: time is a you know romantic idea.
0: Yeah, almost a philosophical pursuit on some level. Yeah. Yeah. So I just have a couple more pictures and um, we can open up to some questions. I love that this mirror ball you got many years ago (laughs) comes in and out of of your life.
1: It does. I talk about how, you know, when uh, I drive around with it, and I actually did this fairly recently, I drive around with it in my car in the winter, so that when you turn left, the car interior of the car sort of explodes with sparkles. And, um, you know, and it's been, right now, it's in our kitchen for a while, it was in our bedroom. And I encourage everyone to go out and buy themselves a vintage, uh, or any, not even vintage, just, uh, you know, find them at Goodwill or a prop shop or whatever, a a disco ball. It's this idea of just sort of being surprised by life light is a beautiful thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, my Icelandic friends in December pack every light that they can in every reflective surface. Um, And their uh, New Year's is so filled with light because it's so dark. Um, But my favorite ornaments on our Christmas tree are the ones sent from my friends in Iceland that are just beautiful reflectors. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they act like a mirror ball. Beautiful. Yeah um deb do you want to start letting people read like i don't know if there's questions on the chat because i haven't even looked at it um, we can let people ask their question if it's in the chat
2: yes we have a number of people who have some great questions so feel great. free if you would like to ask your question in person great
0: do we need to do the raised hand or can you see what some of the chat questions are to ask that person? Cause I think they'll cancel each other out if to try to. Yes, okay. And I think I have one more slide. Yeah, I love this image. I'm captivated by that.
1: Mm, I was,
2: thank
1: you. Mm. Do you want me to just, I can see that I've just opened. Oh, you chamber. just opened it? Um, sure. Um, yeah, Jump I in. think that would, I'll work my way through them. Um, uh okay uh okay first are you teaching now or will you be soon um I've taken a couple oh, of yes, years will off be from from... Oh,
0: it? I don't know what that is <laughs>
1: okay I've taken a couple of years off from teaching just because um I mean I've been doing some zoom things because of covid and I have a 10 year old and just it, you know, just too complicated, uh, in terms of, you know, travel and all that, but I'll be back and I'll, um, I'll be posting like a schedule on my Instagram, uh, coming up, I actually just was talking to someone today about it starting next year. So I'll definitely be back in the, uh, in the game of it, uh, next year. Um, it's been good to sort of have this time to focus. Um, the Michael Farrell is saying the conversation and images are reminiscence of Penmo Chodron's ideas and teachings. I've never heard of that person, mm. but I will be sure oh. to, um, to, to do some studying this afternoon. So thank you for that, Michael. Um, yeah, I, I don't know of her. Is it a woman? Um, yes, yes, a, a nun. I, I'm sorry, a monk. Yes. Okay, um, and Buddhist. then Ken is asking about uh, Eat Flowers, my first artist book. So uh, what I'm working on right now is, I'll oh, just finished. Um, I'm working a collaboration with uh, Five Other Women. Uh, it's a artist book where it's all handmade, hand bound by, uh, designed by Claudia um, Cohen and um, uh, it's a, uh, a calendar of flowers. So it's sort of taken some highlights from Blue Violet, but it's uh, also some brand new photographs, brand new writing. And it's a artist book, a limited edition of 40. Um, mm-hmm. And it's sort of this extraordinary time to sort of work with these, this group of amazing group of women um, to make these sort of one of a kind pieces that have unique and paste papers and really sort of taking it to the next level in craft. And they'll be out probably next month. And if anyone's interested in those, just contact me through my site or something like that. Um, it's a really been a just beautiful experience um, mm-hmm. to make something, you know, that idea of taking it to the next level, making an exquisite book. Um, trade books are just so beautiful. And then there's sort of that level beyond of limited edition artist books. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've read it when things fall apart. Okay. So okay, sorry, I'm jumping out there. Um, someone said I photograph Sydney. I photograph flowers too, but do you worry they can simply be ornamental because flowers are inherently beautiful. I mean, yeah, I think that absolutely is um, something to consider. Um, you know that that work objects that are inherently beautiful, like so you can't you just take a picture of them you've got to sort of activate them I think in many ways and that's why I sort of drown them explode them and you know find different ways to sort of um, to sort of take them out of just what they look like, Um, you know, because that there you, you know, I think a photograph to be strong has to have that sort of push pull, so we do need to be careful when things are inherently beautiful that doesn't just come across as ornamental. And I think that's why it's so important that the text and image come together, because I think if you actually read Blue Violet, you can see that they're not just about flowers, they're about what it is to be human and what it is to feel and to live and to die, right? Um, so that is something that I definitely, you know, think about um, Sydney a lot. Um, Marcy is asking, how does a book coalesce? Do you anchor it first with images or concept and when does the text come into being in the process? Um, and that sort of touched on what you were saying earlier, Sid. So with me, I typically make pictures like crazy and I don't sleep and I sort of become a little obsessive and then I'll go into sort of a writing period. Um, and so it's different times of the year sort of lead me to that. I write my, at my best at four o'clock in the morning. Um, I September is never a power time for me. I always want to just take a nap um You know, so it, it's always spring and winter where I find that I'm like riding and up at four. um But I make a lot of pictures in the summer. June for me, I like barely sleep a wink in June. You know, it's such a it's a bit. Sort of, <laughs> so, and that's just me being observant to my um the way I work so it would be different for every single person on the zoom but I do think it's important for you to notice when you're at your sort of most creative and and to sort of nurture that and realize that you can't be creative constantly that you need mm-hmm. to um, you know have these fallow periods or time to think time to sort of ponder um which is mm-hmm. such a you know gift in itself isn't it Mm -hmm. Um, But then once I've sort of got the text and images, they're very independent of each other, Um, then I'll take them to my studio in Rockland and put them all up on the wall and begin the sequencing process, which is typically, you know, it's a nightmare and I have a couple of friends like Sam Adler. Lizzie, who will help me with the sequencing and then passing it over to Jeanette, where, you know, we changed a lot of things around Jeanette and I and um, to so that it flowed and, you know, having this sort of fresh perspective, second pair of eyes, third pair of eyes, so important. Mm -hmm. And someone's asking why the choice of double paper on Blue Violet. Um, I'm so Mm -hmm. glad you asked. I had a couple of people that emailed me and said, I love Blue Violet. I love your work. However, my book is um, I don't want my money back. (laughs) but my book is actually uh, like faulty. It's got a, uh, the clothes, it's not been cut. And I was like, oh no. And I was like, it actually was quite a bit more expensive to do it that way. Um, Very intentional. And why we did it was to have, Uh. um, for it to become tactile, to have this weight to it, right? I mean, this is a book about the senses, about experiencing. And so I wanted this fore edge to feel um, when you flip through Blue Violet, it has a real thud. It changes it when you put the folded edge out. So you've got twice as many pieces of paper in a book, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, these ones in the middle aren't being used. Someone also asked if I had done that intentionally, or we had done it intentionally so we could press flowers in between, which I really loved, but it will stain the pages. So that wasn't my intention. Um, it was really about tactility and the way you move through a book. I mean, I think you Sib, Jeanette, all of us here, we have a deep love of photo books, of books. And so we want them to feel special. Like, I'm not that interested in ebook, you know, and talking about this mm. sort of limited edition artist book with e-flowers, um, you know, it's, it's the way books feel. I think all of us are inherently, um, you know, we wanna, we wanna touch things, we wanna smell things, we wanna hold things, you know, and um, that's, so that's why we did that with the double page
0: hmm and uh, jumping in on um, blue violet you also have the imagery which you don't have on other books that was well, a departure that you have imagery on the cover of blue violet in a way that you don't on on your previous ones
1: yeah that was something that um, you know Jeanette and I went back and forth and Deb who designed my previous three books. Just a wonderful, wonderful designer. Um, but we decided, Jeanette, do you want to talk about that? I think that was more, um, you know, we decided that we wanted to sort of, I don't know, why Why did we do that? It was to talk about the cover, Jeanette.
2: Oh, yes, yes. I, I just unmuted. Yeah, we, oh, had, so. we, we had a variety of different um, covers for Everyone to um, explore, and um, but we we all seem to gravitate back to this this image because it was a little abstract and mysterious, and it gave the you know book a texture like a like a calling, um, opposed to just the flat color. The flat color was really gorgeous because the type the type face in it itself is incredible. It's really beautiful. Um, it's also very edgy and contemporary because it was recently a designed font. So it has like an edge to it as well in the modern um, sensibility of the book with the typography mm-hmm. being very uh, like aggressive and in your mm-hmm. face mm-hmm. And, non, uh, and not being uh, apologetic about it. Because I, when I took the book, I was like, yes, the book is feminine. But I wanted to make it feel edgy and not uh, sophisticated and a little loud. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know, I was playing with a a a serif font that kind of tipped it into the to this uh, feminine. If that was a sans serif and it was really big, it would feel completely kind of different. So. I know that's not what you guys were asking, but all all these components kind of come together to kind of tell the story. And the typeface is very, very critical in delivering that that message. And there was a lot of consideration on what typeface it should be. And I also had sans serifs, Um, but Sig really gravitated to this font. She went nuts for it. Um, And then I was like, okay, that she, she feels that strongly about it. Let's like make this work. Um, And I think the the imagery just really, because it's not, it's not, even though it's full color and it's, it's big, it's, it's very subtle and kind of dreamscape. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that's why we went for it, but it was a group decision. And obviously, Sig chose it. It's her book, and we wanted her to feel like this is her vision. Um, mm-hmm. and I just want to give her as many choices that I can that, that I love. All you know, and if it had turned into just a a straightforward color book, that would have been fine with me too. I particularly like the image of the book. I mean, I like the photograph of the. Um, is it this photograph? Yes, it is. But mm-hmm. it's become more
1: abstract, right? Because you print yeah. it on cloth instead of paper, so yeah. it just becomes yeah. abstract experience.
2: Um, yeah. And, I, I, and also... I also wanted to say one thing about the the folding. For me, it started feeling like a, an organism, a flower, some kind of construction, mm-hmm. um, even though it's very subtle. I I I think it was a kind of a brave move to move to to have the French fold, Mm -hmm. Um, and I was very happy that we were able to pull it off because, like Sig said, this is a you know it's produced at a printer it's it's business you know it's not like an art book where everyone is you know there's forty of them this is like it's on press it's moving really fast. So we have to take advantage of what printing capabilities we have at our fingertips on the other side of the world. Right. So th- there's yeah. communication issues um, and you're, you're just hoping you're not doing this when uh, Mercury's in retrograde, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's go Every witch away. Um, yes. But it, to me, I feel like the book turned out, the cover turned out really like beautiful. We were, over the moon about it
0: I, I can understand I was going to just say to pop in I mean you're talking my language what you're describing are creative choices that layer your concept so when you say you wanted it to be loud uh, you know sig has a voice uh that has gotten louder or and that is not a Uh, a a judgmental call. It's a wider, um, it's reaching further, right? And so, and and it is more rooted, right, in a way, and louder. So it's this boldness. And that's why I began the introduction saying she has given us a clarion call all along if we add up the books, which is what I did as I got ready for this. And by the time you're talking blue-violet, Yeah, it's instructive. You know, at one point, I think I said that um, you command us in a way to like wake up and and notice and um when you describe the font like i get crazy over those kind of things i love font shape and this the way that the um the angularity is here but then it's soft i mean it's just that's another one of those where that's very sig right that this is a hard line and those are geographic and then this is like all sculptural kind of moving so layering those concepts layering with decisions about the French fold, the cover, the texture, the topography, those are, I talk to people all the time, like your image is not the last word. You've got a lot of decisions about what it's printed on, how big, is there a border, is it full bleed, is it behind glass, is it on fabric, you know, yeah. So I want to be um, mindful. Are there a couple of other questions? We have time for a few. Um, People can unmute if they want to ask. And I'm just looking to see what else I can squeeze in here, but go ahead. I love that you wrote field notes. It really is a field guide. I mean, I learned so much, like a crazy-ass amount of stuff.
1: Thank you know, you're. Yeah. We, but field Guide was one, a field guide to something was one of the titles at some point of it. You know, I mean, it changed, the title changed many, many times um, and then landed on, and it was supposed to be Eat Flowers. Um, and then the publisher was um, uh, releasing a, an edible flower book at the same time, a cookbook. So we got exonerated with that. And I, but I'm so glad it all happened. I think Blue Violet is the perfect title for it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um.
2: Anybody so, want
1: to? Yeah, do you want me to uh, just, what should I do, Sib? Should I just go through and answer them? Yeah, if you
0: see them, yes. And and, and Someone there's exactly,
1: somebody. Leah Abrams does graphic mm-hmm. designer, that's Jeanette, Work for the publisher, is that separate agreement? So that was a separate agreement. Um, Alan Rapp, who was my editor at Monticelli, I've known for 20 years, and we knew we were going to do a book together one day. Um, he introduced me to Jeanette and this, beautiful love affair friendship happened and we are like always gonna like hopefully always work together it was really but that was a separate sort of thing it was outside of my contract with Bonicelli. um and then uh and I think that's I think some that's quite common in book publishing um but also not I mean I think that it really depends on the publisher um in all my cases working with Deb and now Jeanette it's always been something that I organized and sort of came with to the publisher with, um, with the sort of package. Um, let me see if there's any, if someone's asking me if I get stuck or un- uninspired, what's the first thing I do to get the groove back? I take a nap. I'm really good. I actually feel like we need these moments of, um, downtime to sort of creatively to sort of allow new ideas to come in. So sometimes I'll be taking a nap in my bed and Doug will come in and I'm like, I'm working, Sikavi so LLC. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not asleep. I'm just uh, having creative. I'm payroll love right me, now. So. Yeah. He at me. But I do think it's important. Like our kids need to get bored in order to figure out what they love. And I think it's similar for us, right? It's like, if you're always packed in to-do list all day long, there's no time for like pondering and i don't know there's something about um sort of taking a nap i also will go and um i'll go to goodwill or thrift there's something deeply relaxing for me about going out and finding like old objects and the colors or i don't know the way things feel so i'll sort of get out of my head that way and and then if I buy something, it can't be very much money and I have to make a picture that day with it. So I'll sort of con myself into little things to, to get the juices flowing again, um, So that's something. Also, there's a great book. I always talk about it to my students called Art and Fear. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. It's $12, best $12 I've ever spent. It just, it sort of um, reflects back all the reasons why we put art to the bottom of the list every day, often. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really great book where you'll feel seen as an artist. I highly recommend it. I mean, I've read it like hundreds of times Mm -hmm. um, and I never reread books. It's just a good... Um, it's a really good shake on the shoulders, I think. Um, Agreed. That's from Argentina. I think that's, someone's asked me if I have a paint. Um, I, for the first time ever uh, in one of my books, I did the illustrations and I, there was, you know, watercolor involved in that. And I have to thank Alan and Jeanette for that. Um, I did think about hiring an illustrator to do the diagrams. And then it just felt like, I don't know, it felt somehow like a cop out. Like I wanted to take control that it would be the illustrations, the text, and the photographs um, and you know, take control of the whole thing. And that perhaps the viewer would forgive me if the illustrations weren't perfect um, because, but they were mine. And I'm really <laughs> grateful that I had Jeanette and Alan sort of like championing that because it would have been, I think, maybe easier for them for me to hire someone to do it. But I'm, I'm really glad.
0: Yeah, I, I loved those. And in a weird way, um, I, I know how you use mind map and I find it invaluable. Um, I use it with people more to track concepts around their project. But those illustrations came through for me like a mind map because you gave so much information in a way that I could really understand it. I really appreciated them. They were another lovely surprise and they felt very organic and, and I loved that. So good choice.
1: I I think, I mean, I think, you know, also with talking about, you know, you were saying the perfumes, um, you know, we debated whether I even needed to put, the names of the perfumes in the book because we were so recognized them by the bottles like the Izzy Miyake Absolutely. one with the
2: yes I mean yes. Like,
1: completely, so many people have written to me about the sort of perfume map um I wrote mine know, again I, 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 I yeah, you
0: generated <laughs> me to write it and I know it and I loved that yes
1: I'd love to see I actually would love to see yours uh, okay tickets. I'll, you I'll just tell you
0: Embarrassing. I'm going to send it to you, but it started with Lemon Love in high school. Hello. I don't know if you remember that. And it's been for a very long time, Jean by Lanvin. And I love it. Love it. It's been years. So yeah, I get hooked. I get hooked on them on years. And I was going to tell you, because you taught me, I'm in the oriental phase. I'm oriental floral to yeah. where i live yeah
1: yeah and how my my sense of smell as i've gotten older has gone much more to orient and wood you know i think typically as a teenager we're sort of drawn to more floral smells so mm-hmm. anyway i just think it's fun to sort of look at the all these things in a slightly different way and i think the illustrations allowed that you know
0: yeah yeah totally um any other questions because we're going to wrap shortly i love all the things i learned about like the whole stem drawing water yeah uh, the word lambent, I looked it up, you know, I just, there was so, oh, I loved, and this was another association. You mentioned that the season moved at two miles per hour. And I was always curious about where snow started. Like if you traveled North and it's like, it's got to start somewhere. And I ended up looking for that. Um, like, in general, and then learning that the seasons, and this was more about flowers. I was curious about relatives in DC, and we were we were comparing blossoming, and that the seasons move at 17 miles per hour. 17 um, 17 miles a day.
1: Wow, so. that's see that see, I love that. <laughs> I mean, so much of more so with any of my other books. The other books are more just direct experience. But with Blue Violet, I mean, because I wasn't a gardener, I am i don't know much. I'm not the sort of authority on flowers, you know, I mm. was learning it. So I would read and read. I mean, I read hundreds of books that went mm. into the research behind. And I would just, you know, highlight anything that struck me as sort of you know, is unusual, or made me gasp, or made me smile, and then it would find a way, that idea would find a way, or it's something that I remembered from my grandmother, or half-heard conversations on the street, and so it was this, all this sort of really primary and secondary research that went into it, Um, and just realizing that these are facts, but facts can be so magical, and and imaginative, you know, we would think of facts, of being like, Like there's, you know, when something's a fact, it's sort of implied somehow that it's boring and nothing could be further than the truth.
0: And your updated floral language was hilarious. Like carnations being the polyester of the floral world. Totally. I mean, I just loved, (laughs) loved those associations. And you also brought up um, uh, when you talk about that you gasp if something's wonderful or scary at the same time. And I'm known in my family for gasping in the car when I see the moon and everyone gets pissed off because I always go and everyone thinks it's something bad. And it's just like, there it is, it's the moon. And um, I just had so many of those experiences, like you brought me through layers. And I just wanna, I I guess I can say we had one more question if there is one in chat. And then I just wanna have one last word
1: anybody. Rick had a question
2: about the process of working with your text editor.
1: Uh, What was the, just how it, how I work with a, uh, okay. Text editor, okay. Um, You know, I do, the book was text edited by a few different people. Um, There was a line editor who went through it, very last person, you know, for any type of spelling, um, grammar stuff that, you know, um, at Monticelli. And then, um, but I worked with a couple of, uh, friends, Ariel Greenberg, um, you know, all all the way through it, uh, where she would say, I want to know, she'd be a reader. And she'd say, I want to know more about this, or this feels like, Mm. you know, it's less interesting. And so that was really helpful. So she, um, she would, so I had a couple of readers. My sister has read all my books before they come out and she's like ruthless. Um, and then, so uh, and then Lynn Stagner did a first line edit, so it's a mixture of both. Um, you know, I, I, you know, so that you want your ideas to be understood. Uh, so there's some people who are reading for that, you know, more content based, and others reading for grammar reasons. I'm dyslexic, so I'm a terrible speller. So I really appreciate all the help with that.
0: Mm, so interesting. Um, well, in light of your need to make sure we end on time, I'm going to uh, to hold hold our questions um, and let you know that everyone who registered, we will send out a summary. Um, We'll link to some of the resources that we've unearthed, fear and art, um, or art and fear, um, and some other things. Um, Sig, I'm so... Pleased and thankful for you to spend the time and unpack this process. Um, I'm excited to run alongside and see what else is coming. I'm sure the uh, special edition books. I remember at Maine Media that you were doing a book workshop. Um, that's a that's a goal for me to just get in and be the student. I would love 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 that. Um, and. Um, You had made me think of one other thing, but I'm not going to be able to pull it out. Oh, I know. (laughs) When you were talking about your seasonal way of working, I think that's so important and really interesting that you say in June you don't sleep, but that's actually the month that you get the most light. So the idea that you're now working in the dark is perfect because you are challenging yourself. The propensity that you have is light and color and now putting yourself in that other place um is exactly what i love to see creatives do like get outside your comfort zone explore something completely different than your own propensities so i wanted to say that i came up after reading all of these texts and looking through your imagery i'm going to call you the mary oliver of poet of photography and yeah, true, and I'm going to make a dandelion sandwich the first chance that I get. Um okay. and I'm I will, that totally intrigues me. And now I want to put an idea in your head which is that we need to start a campaign to plant and teach the wonder of Queen Anne's lace across the United States but especially in some specific states. So you'll yep. have to go to the book to find out why because all of that information on plants was fascinating and I want to know where I can get wallflowers.
1: Yeah I mean it's it is it's such a rich and if you think about it flowers you know affect all five of our senses smell touch taste I mean it's just been this whole world of you know the Victorian language of flowers and botany and and you know medicine was put in the field of botany for hundreds of years so Mm -hmm. it is a there's so much to learn from all of this and you know again so grateful to photography and to you for having me on here and everyone today, and I would ask well, one if you ha- if you have a copy of Blue Violet and you love it, if you could rate it on Amazon a lovely five oh. or write a review on Goodreads. I would be really grateful every little help that helps, but only if you it was only if it speaks to you, of course. Um, Done. Enjoyed this. So thank you for having <laughs> yeah. me.
0: Yeah. No, Sig. Thank you, and um, to be continued. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for coming. And um, I hope we see you at our next photo book book group, which will be with Odette England in October. Um, so thank you for coming.
1: I'm definitely going to be there for that. And thank you for championing so many women. So really oh,
0: Yes, I, <laughs> I actually thought that I was only going to work with women for a while. And uh, yeah, believe me, I'm going to make it two to one just so that we can like even out some.
1: I did see your ratios and it was good to see. So mm-hmm.
2: beautiful. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. I'm off Take to care. Take care. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you.